When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton Oil Kings just getting underway in Lethbridge tonight. Around the NHL. Capitals beat the Panthers 4-3. Hat trick by Ovechkin. He's up to 18 goals. Predators knock off the Devils 4-2. In the third, the Sabres lead the Canadians 4-1. Lightning up 2-0 on the Tentacle team. Blue Jackets leading the Canucks 3-2. Second period, Stars up 3-0 on Colorado. Penguins lead the Islanders 1-0. The Rangers beat the Bruins 5-2. Chicago gets by St. Louis 3-2 in overtime. Minnesota hammering the Jets 7-1. Hurricanes over the Flyers 6-3. And the Ducks shut out the Senators 4-0. Tomorrow, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Right here on 6.30, Chet, it is the early hockey night in Canada slot. So a 3.30 face-off show, game at 5, as the Oilers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you heard me interviewing Mr. Podcast Jeff Merrick earlier. I asked him to list the best team in the or I asked him to name the best team in the league. He gave me a list, and then he clarified he thinks it's the Florida Panthers, but he put the Edmonton Oilers in his top four, and he took, and he put the Calgary Flames in his top four. And... Why wouldn't he? Because the Flames are almost more likely to get a shutout than allow a goal. To discuss that and to dream of a possible Battle of Alberta playoff series, it is my good friend Pat Steinberg from Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960. Pat, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, my man. Ovechkin's going to break the record, right? Like he's, There's no way he doesn't break the Gretzky's goal-scoring record. Like we, we, we can agree on that, right? He'll play until he breaks the record. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he'll play until he's 90 if he has to, but I don't think it'll take that long. I just want to see it. Like uh, to, to, to see something, to see a record broken that we never thought would be broken and to see that in our lifetime, well, that, that'd be pretty cool. And no, I'm, I'm a big pro Gretzky guy, but it'd be kind of neat to see him break that record. Anyway, I digress. How are you, Reed? No, that's, uh, that's, that, that's good. That is a fun discussion topic. I, I mean, I've been having that uh, discussion topic with uh, Dreisaitl and an 82-goal season or 50 goals in 50 games. I mean, why not? Sometimes you just got to have uh, fun and, and not always pick apart everything about the game. I mean, when a guy's getting a goal per game or a little over like Dry, why not? <laughs> why not have some fun with it? I mean, if he, this is the thing. If Dreisaitl doesn't score tomorrow, if he doesn't get a point, he's still averaging a goal per game, and he's still at two points per game, <laughs> you know, for the season. So why not have some fun with it? Exactly. I don't want to say anything nice about Drysaddle. It'll make Calgary people mad. They're very, well, very angry about how good Drysaddle and McDavid are. Well, it's not your fault. It's not your That's fault, true. is it? Well, the, I don't think what it that is. guy, what that guy is doing is out of like I, I, I can't quite comprehend how that human is doing the things that he's doing in this day and age in the NHL. Cause I've kind of, I've kind of wrapped my head around McDavid. Now I'm like, okay, I, I, like we know the speed, like, but what dry doing, like the way that he's dominating games and his finishing, like it's, it's actually something that is hard to wrap your head around. Not in like a, a bad way. Like, Oh, this guy doesn't deserve to be doing it. Just in like a, 
holy, like this is defying what we think that we know about the sport of hockey. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. So good on him. Well, look, uh, I, I feel like I'm wrapping around my, I mean, you want to talk about being on pace for something. Jacob Markstrom is on pace for 20 shutouts. <laughs> the, the Flames as a team have seven. So the, the Flames have 12 wins. Seven of them have been by shutout. And oh, by the way, it's not all Markstrom because Daniel Vladar, and by the way, I love the fact that he dressed up as Darth Vader for Halloween. Uh, so, and I mean, Calgary and Edmonton, they're right up there at the top of the division. What What's the story here? Is this Markstrom being incredible? Is this uh, that they're limiting the high danger chances against? What's the story for all these shutouts? Well, it's, it's kind of, you can't, you can't do something that's never been done in the modern day NHL without maybe a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because I mean, the fact that the Flames did something in their first 19 games that no team has done since uh, the whole forward pass thing was invented in the NHL in the late 1920s, you're like, okay, that's, that's pretty significant that we, we saw the Flames do that. And I don't think that you can set a modern-day record like that without having your goaltenders being out of their mind. And Markstrom has been very, very good. Like, the save percentage does not lie. He's been that good to start the year. Um, he has stolen a couple of games for the Flames. He's actually only probably stolen one of his shutouts, a 45-save effort uh, a number of weeks ago on the road in Pittsburgh. But, you know, the other shutouts have been kind of a, a hybrid effort. But some of the games the Flames have won, like you take a look at that Islanders game where they spoiled the opening of UBS Arena. That was heavily on the back of, of Jacob Markstrom. Even the game they played against Chicago on Tuesday, uh, there were a, a couple of stretches in that second period where that high-flying rush team the Blackhawks have had a couple of chances and Markstrom who had not seen a lot of rubber was able to stay shot so he's been great and Vladar has been really good especially Vladar's last three starts his first two he won and he was good but his last three he's raised his level a little bit but you know you can't you can't do what they've done without doing what the Flames have done in front of them and the way the Flames have played in front of their goaltenders like it, it's been pretty uh it's been pretty incredible to watch. They're one of the top teams in the NHL in uh, shots against, in chances against. They're one of the top possession teams in the NHL. They spend a lot of time on the attack. They spend a lot of time with the puck on their sticks. And so, you know, there are long stretches of time where Vladar and Markstrom are kind of not seeing a lot of action. So when you combine those two things, that's how they've had the seven shutouts. And on top of that, like, you don't do seven shutouts in 20 games with, without a little good fortune, too, and that's played into it. But the, the biggest takeaway I've had to start the season is that the Flames are playing good, sustainable hockey. Their five-on-five metrics are strong. They control play. They don't give up much. And you know what? Some things are going to drop off. I can tell you they're not going to do uh, seven shutouts in the second quarter of the season. I'm quite confident in that. I don't think that Andrew Mangiapane is going to shoot at 30% the rest of the season. But the, the core parts of their game, the way they control play, the way that they drive it at five on five, those are sustainable things. And that's why I don't think that this is, this is not a Flames team that is off to a great start but is destined to fall off a cliff. I think they're going to be a, a team to continue talking about, and I think they're going to continue to be a factor in the Pacific Division and, and you know, fighting with the Oilers in Vegas in the Pacific Division for the rest of the season. I really do. Okay, so last year, let's face it, they, they kind of stunk. Uh, they, Correct. They were kind of uninspired at times. 
the the roster i do not think the roster has been overhauled of course there have been changes i personally don't consider it an overhaul you can correct me if i'm wrong so is this uh is this players bouncing back is this the uh, daryl sutter influence like what's what's changed from last season well, uh, there's a few things. First of all, I, I don't think that you can discount what Sutter has done here. Sutter took over with 30 games remaining last season, and, and you could start to see the team change the way they played in those 30 games he coached. But, you know, the record wasn't good. They were 15-15-0 and 15 and 0 in the 30 games that, that Sutter coached. But you could start to see the foundation being laid. And they were already out of it. They were already in a bad spot. They were already chasing. So they, they had a, a big-time uphill climb, and, and they weren't able to climb their way into a playoff spot. Montreal left the door open as long as humanly possible, but uh, the Flames weren't able to walk through it eventually. So... You know, the, but you can see some of the building blocks were put in place with, with those things that I talked about and, and the, the kind of core building blocks of the way they play. And then they were able to have a full training camp under their new coach and you know, not just have him come in midway through a bizarre 56-game season. And I think there has been a great deal of buy-in from the players. And, and I think that you have seen almost to a man that you know they're they're really embracing and executing the the way that this team is supposed to play and that is you know a lot of shot volume a lot of pucks towards the net uh hard puck retrievals and uh really strong back check and and not allowing a whole lot in terms of the the finer details daryl talks a lot about stick positioning and then the other big thing is that he stressed to each and every one of the guys on the way out you know they got to be a better conditioned team and he felt that the the third period that the flames played last year you know kind of showed that they weren't a, a well-conditioned team so i think daryl Sutter's influence makes a massive massive impact here but there's a couple other things the top line that, that the flames have employed this year is one of the top lines in the national hockey league they i believe are the line that has played the most together across the nhl i believe they're up over 233 minutes and five on five time together. It's the line of Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Kachuk, and they have been they they have been elite. They have driven play. They finally got scored on at five on five for the first time all year on Tuesday. They they absolutely crush opposing teams' first lines right now. Um, they have been producing, and they have not been needed to be sheltered that's one thing about Gaudreau specifically that we've seen earlier in his career is that you know coaches felt that you, you couldn't put him in a 200 foot role you needed to put him more in an offensively tailored role and maybe get him away from top players or top checkers on the other side that's not happening anymore this Lindholm line with Gaudreau and Kachuk is going out there in every situation there is no shyness about putting them out there to start a shift in the defensive zone and they're playing against top opposition so when you have a top line that came together late last year they put them together with about 15 games remaining last year and then they've been together from minute one to start this season when you have that and you also have an entire team buying into uh, a, a very set way of playing i think uh, i think those are the reasons why this team has gone from jekyll to hyde this year because you're right they were no good last year they were uninspired they couldn't get out of their own way and uh this year they look like a completely different team it's uh, I, I thought they would be competitive, Reed. I thought that they would be uh, better than they were last year. I didn't think it would be night and day through 20 games like we've seen so far. Matt Steinberg, host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, joining us tonight. What's your memory of 1991, and how eager are you personally to see a battle of Alberta in the postseason? 
Okay, so 91, my, first of all, my eagerness level is like 14 out of 10. I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid about like what our call-in radio might be. Just, there's a lot of Oilers fans in Calgary, and I'm a little worried about trolling on our call-in show. But you know what? I can handle that. If that is the biggest price I've got to pay to uh, see a Battle of Alberta and cover a Battle of Alberta selfishly, I'll take it all day, and, and uh, I, won't, uh, I won't complain about it. Um, my, my memories of 1991 are... Now, you're, you're going to have to help me, because I don't have it in front of me, but my 1990 and 1991 memories are a little jumbled up. 1990 was at the Tikkanen and the 3-0 Flames lead in Game 7, was it not? No, that, that, that uh, was not, no, no, that was 91. That's the last that was 91. time these two okay, teams played. Okay, see, yeah. and this is, why, this is why I have you. So, yes, then see, my memory is I'm way older than you, Pat. Yeah, but you're you're young at heart, and uh, you look young, so that's all that matters. Yes. Yeah, that's, that is my, uh, that, that is, like, just an absolute gut punch. After Flurry scored in Game 6 and split across Northlands and Chris Cuthbert going crazy and all that type of stuff and Theo Fleury and the Flames are in 7th heaven and then you go from that to a 3 nothing lead at home in Game 7 and then the Oilers come all the way back. Yeah, it was, that, was a, that was a gut punch in 1991 and uh, that's the last time these two teams have met. It's actually crazy to think and, and I have almost as vivid memories of how close they were to meeting in 2006 when the Oilers went to Game 7 against Carolina had Calgary not absolutely soiled the sheets in Game 7 against Anaheim when they won the Northwest Division that year the, the Oilers and Flames would have been meeting that year in round two. How bonkers would that have been? And then, you know, ever since the Pacific Division has come about and they've done the 2-3 the and guaranteed a Pacific Division showdown every year, they've kind of been like, okay, well, maybe this is the year for a Battle of Alberta. The, the chances are way higher. We haven't seen it yet. So kind of... I'm kind of actually hoping that Vegas goes on this crazy run when Eichel gets there and they run away with the Pacific <laughs> and Calgary Calgary finds their way into a 2-3 with Edmonton because and the, the, a series between the two would be really fun because I do think there's a real styles clash in the way they play. Like, And I, I'm not one of those people that buys into the, well, yeah, you take McDavid and Drysaddle away from the Oilers. And the, well, yeah, I mean, you take away a lot of players from good teams and they're, they're, not a lot, they're not as good as they were. But I just think the way they play... Um, the the kind of chess match and strategic games within the game would have, would be amazing. But how does Calgary game plan in a seven game series to shut down you know a generational power play that may be the best power play of of our lifetime when you really or at least of of the the post lockout era like things like that. I, I just it would be such a cool series because they play very different brands of hockey, but they're both winning brands of hockey right now. So sign me up for it all day long. Pat, yeah, we can dream. I, I appreciate you doing this, buddy, especially on a Friday night. Uh, have a good broadcast this weekend and enjoy uh, the Stamps playing on Sunday as well, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, enjoy that game with Vegas tomorrow. I can't wait for that either. See you, Reid. That is Pat Steinberg from Flames Hockey Sportsnet 960. Yes, it's it's uh, we're doing, I guess, a lot of dreaming on the show the last two days. What a Leon score. Could Calgary and Edmonton finally play in the playoffs? It would be 31 years if it does happen in the spring. Do you dream of going to an Oilers game for free? Courtesy old Wilkie on Inside Sports. All right, so we're giving away. I, I found two more tickets lying around to the home game of your choice. You will have to answer a trivia question live on air when we get back. I'm going to stick with the hat trick theme, 780-496-0063. Connor McDavid has 11 career hat tricks, including the playoffs. Against what team does he have three, which is the most hat tricks he has against any one team? 
So against what team does Connor McDavid have three hat tricks? 780-496-0063. And we'll get to you after the break. Don't forget the Oilers locker room sale is back just in time for the holidays tomorrow noon to four at Ford Hall in Rogers Place. And we are giving away two tickets to a uh, home game of your choice. You have to tell me against what team does Connor McDavid have three of his 11 career hat tricks. We will start with Grant on the Certainty Hotline. Grant, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Um, I believe that's the Calgary Flames. Oh, Grant, you're all over this one, baby, including one <laughs> earlier this season. Yes. All right. How are you enjoying the season so far? What do you think? You know, it's great. Uh, you know, even when they lose, they play well. There's such a set sense of optimism. It's like they're uh, they actually know how to win. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Now I'm going to ask you the question Rob and I get asked all the time: Who would you put in goal tomorrow? I think I'd put Skinner. I wouldn't mind seeing him get another game or two here. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah, he's played well. I'll tell you what. You got to stay on the line so Kellen can tell you uh, how we're going to get you the tickets. And uh, I believe it's to the home game of your choice. So that sounds pretty cool, man. I hope you pick a good one. That's great. Thanks so much, Reed. That is Grant. So there we go. We gave away some tickets. Thanks to everybody who called in and wanted to take a guess. I wish you could all win, but then it wouldn't be winning, wouldn't it? Uh, at the locker room sale, yeah, they're going to have game-used sticks, equipments, and skates, uh, new team-issued sticks, gloves, helmets, and skates, autographed game-used pucks, and uh, Oil King stuff as well. Pretty cool. Noon to four, Fort Hall, Rogers Place. Uh, a little more on the Oilers, and we'll talk some uh, big football games ahead as well. Inside Sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.